0: morning's reading is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. And that's on page 1101 of your Bibles. That's Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, page 1101. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandike, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up, up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Asotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until they reach this area.
1: You know that feeling of going somewhere unfamiliar and being painfully aware that everyone else seems to know what they're doing apart from you? Um, it might be when you go to the car wash, um, like. Where do I park? Do they accept card? That might be when you go to a posh restaurant. Which spoon do I use? Is this bowl of lemon water for drinking or for washing my hands? Or you might get that feeling from coming to church. When do I stand up? Um, Where do I sit? What if they ask me to come to the front? That's not going to happen, by the way. Um, All of us know that feeling of not fitting in, being out of place, being on the edge, looking in. And the story that uh, Philippa so greatly, uh, so briefly read a moment ago is about someone just like that. I'd encourage all of us to put ourselves in the dusty sandals of the Ethiopian eunuch, because here is a man who begins the story out of place, but that's not how he ends. Um, first title for uh, our brief message this evening is, I'm interested, but I don't fit in. That's how the man in the story would describe himself at the start. The scene opens with a man called Philip. He wants to talk to as many people about Jesus as possible. A few paragraphs before, he's been speaking to really vast crowds, but now an angel tells him to go into the desert. Are you sure, Lord? Does this really fit in with our marketing strategy? It feels like an odd move to go on mission to a place filled with cacti and a few rabbits, but he goes And in this unlikely setting, he meets an unlikely person. After potentially hours of wandering through this desert, wondering what on earth he's doing there, Philip sees a plume of dust in the distance and he hears the sound of hooves coming towards him. Along the road comes a man riding in the back of a chariot. And we're told quite a lot about this man. And with each detail we learn about him, he seems more and more out of place. First, we're told that he's from Ethiopia. And up until this point in history, the vast majority of believers in Jesus were from Jerusalem. But here's a man from northeast Africa, a long way from home. People would have looked at him and thought he was out of place just because of the color of his skin. Second, he's described as a eunuch, and he's repeatedly described as a eunuch, and that means someone who's been castrated. That wasn't particularly uncommon for someone with his sort of job, but under Old Testament rules, that would have meant that he wasn't allowed to go into the temple in Jerusalem. He would have had to stay on the edge looking in. And third, we find out that he's an important official. He's basically like the chancellor of the exchequer, Or the royal treasurer. Again, this doesn't make him a natural fit alongside the other disciples of Jesus at the time. A few fishermen, uh, a tax collector, some low status men and women from Jerusalem, and this guy, the ruler of a whole country. He doesn't seem to fit. But even though this guy seems out of place, even though he seems like he wouldn't be the sort of person to become a Christian at this point notice that he's interested. Maybe there was a synagogue in his home city. Maybe he'd heard something there and wanted to know more. So as we read in verse 27 of Acts 8, he went to Jerusalem to worship. And even though he didn't fit in when he arrived there, he still picked up a copy of the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and uh, to read on his way home. Now, we'll pick up the story in a little bit, but just to pause here. This man's story shows that God loves to reach out to people who feel out of place. Your Creator values all the important things that make you different, and none of those things mean He'd rather leave you out in the desert. Whatever your education, whatever your upbringing, whatever your ethnicity, your age, your past, your social status, God will go to the ends of the earth to find you. That's wonderful. I'm interested, but I don't fit in. Maybe this guy isn't the only one thinking that today, but the bottom line is this. If you're interested, don't let that feeling of being out of place get in the way, because I promise God is interested in you. Let's keep going with the story, and with our next title, Uh, The next words on the eunuch's lips are, I don't understand the Bible, and I know that every single one of us has felt that at one point or another. Philip must have been an athlete. He sees this chariot speeding along the road towards him, and the spirit says, go to that chariot and stay near it. So he's running alongside, and uh, over the noise of his own footprints and the hooves of the horses, he hears what the man in the chariot is reading. Now, by the way, if um, you're in the habit of reading quietly in your own head, you're doing something that would have been very, very weird before like the 1600s in this part of the world. Before that, reading was almost always out loud. So Philip can, can hear. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asks as he runs along. How can I? The eunuch replies, unless someone explains it to me. This conversation and this sermon is going to go a lot better if I can stop running. So Philip gets invited up into the chariot. And the eunuch is reading these words from the prophet Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. But the eunuch doesn't understand that. He doesn't know what those words mean. And so he asks Philip, Who is the prophet talking about? Great question. And so, in the words of verse 35, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip shows this man that these verses, and indeed the whole Bible, are all about the good news of Jesus. Now, this is a rather thick book, isn't it? And can you imagine if, in order to become a Christian, you'd have to, you had to take a quiz on the whole thing? Um, thank God that's not the case. You could spend several trips from Jerusalem to Ethiopia studying its laws, its history, its language, its theology, but you'll never understand it until you grasp this one thing. It's all about the good news of Jesus. In that prophecy from Isaiah written 700 years ago, Jesus was described as a sheep, silent in the last moments before its slaughter. And that's a sad image. No bleating, no noises of complaint, just submitting to the inevitability of approaching death. And that was Jesus' experience. He had every opportunity to speak up, to defend himself he had every opportunity to complain, but before his judges, Pilate and Herod, before people who could have changed his fate, he refused to say a single word in his own defense. He was completely silent before his executioners. And that might make sense if Jesus had deserved to die. A guilty person might stay quiet simply because they've got no excuse. But the second half of the prophecy we just read says, in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Jesus' death was completely unfair. It was a terrible miscarriage of justice, but he still doesn't speak up for himself. Let's put ourselves back in the chariot, hurtling down this dusty road. The man from Ethiopia furrows his brow. I see what you're saying, Philip, but how could the death of an innocent man ever be good news? It just doesn't make sense to me. But Philip leans over and points to the scroll that the man is reading. Friend, what is the sentence immediately before the words you just read out? The eunuch looks down and his eyes widen with sudden understanding. And he reads aloud, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Each one, has, uh, one of us has run away from God like a sheep running away from our shepherd. Each one of us has declared S-I-N, shove off God, I'm in charge, not you. And we all have countless sins to our account. Jesus' beatings should be ours, his naked shame should be ours, his bloody thorns should be ours, his cross should be ours, but the innocent one died so that the guilty one might go free. He became poor so that we can become rich, he was rejected so that we could be welcomed home, he died so that we can live, and that's why his death is good news. And if you understand, and understand that, you do understand the Bible. Final title. I'm interested, uh, but I don't fit in. I don't understand the Bible, but oh, how things now have changed. Now the Ethiopian eunuch says, Why wouldn't I get baptized? Remember, this is a, a dusty desert road, but then suddenly there's water. I wonder if there's some subtle symbolism going on there. Before he was on a dusty, dry path to death. Now he's on the path to life. Seeing water, the, the eunuch jumps at the opportunity to respond to the good news he's heard. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? He's not genuinely asking for reasons not to. He's, he's rhetorically saying, like, I just want to get it done now. For him, the answer was nothing. Nothing can stand in the way of him being baptized. He understood the good news. He trusted that all his sin had been put on Jesus So he gets baptised there and then. And that's what Reuben and Dana have done today. It's so wonderful to celebrate that with them. They understand the good news. They've trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. And they've been baptised to declare declare publicly that from here on out, they're with Jesus. For as long as they follow him, they're going to have... Challenges, just like all of us face, and they're going to have specific challenges for being Christians. They're going to be rejected sometimes. They're going to face pressure, but they will never regret the decision that they have made today, because they are they have chosen to follow someone who will be with them all the way until the end. They have chosen to hold to a gospel that is transformational throughout the world even among people that don't feel like they fit in. They will never regret the decision they have made all the way until the day where God calls them home and they are welcomed into eternal bliss forever. And so I ask, why wouldn't you get baptised? What stands in the way of you being baptised? Some people understand the good news of Jesus perfectly, but they never do anything about it. They never respond to the message. Some people always stay out on the edge, always looking in, never feeling like they could properly belong. God wants you so much. Jesus died to take away your sin. If you will trust trust him, if you will respond to this good message, you will be welcomed in. And you will never regret that decision for as long as you live, as long as you follow the Saviour. What stands in the way of you being baptised? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that in your love you reach out to anyone and everyone, even people like us. Thank you though that even though we have run our own way, you come chasing after us to bring us home. Father God, thank you so much that you've done that in the lives of Dana and Reuben. Thank you that we can witness that and celebrate it today. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to do so in the lives of others, perhaps others here in this room. We come to you now and we confess our sin. We are sorry, but we pray for your forgiveness. And we trust in the cross of Jesus to make us clean. In his name we pray. Amen.